party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week, I am joined once again by Liz Chapratical for a playthrough of her new game currently on Kickstarter, Familiars of Terra. Inspired by books like Golden Compass and Wild Magic and shows like Digimon and Pokemon, Familiars of Terra is a game about heroic young seekers accompanied by mystical animalkin companions as they travel the world to attempt to fix some of the devastation wrought on by a massive war that left nations scarred and people scattered. It is, in short, about being part of a generation that is going to heal the world, which admittedly is a pretty damn good premise. As I mentioned, Familiars of Terror is currently on Kickstarter. You should absolutely check the show notes, back the game, help it get made. It is fantastic and well worth your time. And with that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down once again with Liz Chapratical. Liz, thank you so much for coming back on Party of One. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. And you get to play another character with another familiar. <laughs> I know. I lo- I'm so excited about it. So uh, speaking of familiars, why don't you take a moment and introduce the game? Talk about uh, the game, which I believe is going to be on Kickstarter the second uh, as of this episode dropping. So... Give us the give us the big pitch. All right. So basically, today we are playing Familiars of Terra, and in Familiars of Terra, you play a seeker who is accompanied by their animal familiar, and you basically explore Terra and you see where you can help. You're a big hero and adventurer, and uh, you're always looking for the next big challenge. And it's very much kind of a mix between the Golden Compass and Pokemon. Love it. Those are those are good those are good flag posts. Uh, so I am going to be playing. Uh, you're going to be running the game. I'm going to be playing a character. I'm going to be playing. Uh, I'm going to be playing uh, Yana Mulder, who is a. She prefers. She goes. She's a seeker, but she prefers to go by an adventurer. You know there is. There is a whole big world out there, and I intend on seeing all of it before my time is up. I intend on. I can't stay in one place for too long. I can't do the same thing for too long or else I get bored. And when I get bored, I get gone. So I'm always off for a new experience, a new challenge, a new thrill. And uh, I am accompanied in my journeys by my uh, dog kin, Leia. Leia is a beautiful, uh, a beautiful white dog, beautiful mane of white fur and two gorgeous giant uh bird wings you know it's everything everything you want in a pet right like cute fur lovely smile five foot wing tip five foot wingspan tip to tip she's a beauty and the two of us uh have been traveling together for a little while you know seeing the world seeing what's out there very cool. I think you picked the best character and the best familiar because this familiar, the art was modeled after my own dog. Oh, <laughs> so you have you have good taste. You have very good, good taste. Good. Um, right. So if people didn't know already, um, familiars of Terra uses a deck of cards instead of dice. So when you guys hear um, Jeff and myself talking about different checks and stuff, we're always going to be using a, uh, a deck of cards rather than dice. Yes, I've got a deck of cards in front of me. Uh, I will be pulling from it whenever you ask me for a check. I will be pulling from it. I have uh, five stats. Is that? Yes. I have five stats. Uh, the, basically, the short form mechanic is I'm going to pull a card. 
If it is under the number listed on my attribute, uh, I have succeeded. If not, I have failed. Yep, exactly. Um, so one of the things in Familiars of Terra, like you said, you've been traveling around for a while. Um, and one of the things um, in Familiars of Terra is titles and trophies. And these are basically things that your seeker gets for great deeds that they have done. And when you start the game, you already start with titles and trophies. So you have a title and trophy, don't you? Yes, I have the title of Wizened. I, uh, I'm pretty good at figuring things out. You know, I've been around the block a few times. Uh, and my trophy, which was a parting gift from my grandmother, is the Necklace of the Dead. I don't fully know what it does yet, but... She gave it to me to keep after to keep it keep it safe, and she said it would help me because she knew that I was not going to hang around the family farm. And um, so you have uh, you have the uh, you have the title wizened, and basically one thing that we like to do every time that you get a title and trophy is you have to define a little bit about how you got. The title. So you have this necklace from your grandmother, which is an amazing story. Um, you know, she she knows you need it for something. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like maybe there's an epic story behind your grandmother having that trophy. Like, did she used to be a seeker? She she was, but she didn't tell anybody about it until right before she passed, and I was the like the one person that she kind of like. As, like, I was the person she showed her old photo book to, or her old scrapbook of all of her, like, all of her trinkets and keepsakes from her various travels. She kind of pulled me aside one day and said, like, I, I was, I was in your shoes once. I wanted to see the world. And she had a scrapbook full of, like, a leaf from a distant mountain. And it was like, yeah, I saw, I saw everything. And then I kind of settled here. And so she gave me the necklace, and she gave me a few stories to go on, a few places to see, basically. Is she the type of woman you would have expected this from? Or were you like, oh my goodness, Nana, I can't believe it? It made a lot of sense in retrospect, but it was not a thing I I think I would have predicted. She, she was a a vibrant woman. She kind of always had, she had a lot of tricks up her sleeve. She loved making cocktails and, you know, she, she had a lot of various, she had a lot of various trinkets in her house that like in retrospect, it made a lot of sense that she got them from places and didn't just pick them up in open air markets. (laughs) Like she didn't just have this amazing room full of trophies for no reason. (laughs) Yeah, but she never really talked about it. And so we all kind of just assumed that she was like an avid shopper. (laughs) Awesome. All right. And like, so let's talk about a little bit about your your title, though, Um, because, you know, you're you're Yana Mulder the Wizened. Um, mm-hmm. so, and there, there's always a description to each of these titles and you kind of pick them based on the deed that you've done. And the, mm-hmm. the deed for Wizened is perhaps your feat was not epic, but it was supremely smart. There was no need for flashy actions when you had intelligence on your side. Um, and there's two things you need to define when you take the title. So who are, um, you need to define who or what you outwitted and what you realized you still must learn. 
So give me a little story about how, how this title came to you. What epic deed did your seeker perform? And uh, though, please define those two things for me. Sure. Um, the thing I outwitted was a, a mountain troll in its, uh, in its riddle cave. Uh, there was one of the things, uh, one of the things Nana told me was about this spring in the bottom of like a mountainous cave system that sprayed all the colors of the rainbow. And of course I had to see this. That sounds too cool to pass up. The problem is it's in the bottom of, it's in the bottom of this cave system and since then, a, a cave troll had moved in and, and has established a riddle cave, which was basically a toll booth. You know, it's classic troll stuff, right? You know, riddles and magic and all that kind of stuff. And so I kind of had to... I didn't necessarily... What I realized I still need to learn is that it would have been a lot easier... It would have been a lot easier had I played the game by the rules. You know, I, I got the title of Wizened because I snuck by it and I outwitted it. But I really feel like I should have. I feel like I feel like I should have earned that title by outwit by beating the troll at its own game. I should have I should have been clever enough to play by the rules and win. I shouldn't have had to run by. Okay. That's cool. I like that. That's very, like, she, she gained some knowledge from, of herself that way. That's very mm -hmm. cool. Um, and I'd like to add something to that, if that's all right with you. Um, yeah, I would say, probably, we don't have any, like, trolls in the system, but we what we do have is spirits, and they're called mm. veins. Um, and actually, they're a very real phenomena in our game. So basically, people know that veins exist, um, and they're kind of um, they're kind, they're spirits of an area. They're neutral. They're not good or mm -hmm. evil. Um, they protect an area, or they kind of inhabit an idea. So I really love this idea of a troll. So maybe the spirit manifested in that way. So it was kind of like a vein of enigmas. Yeah, I know. I I love that. And like, you know, it, it had like, you know, it, it, it set up this whole, you know, it was like the set up in this perfect place just to kind of test people. Um, and that's how Yana encountered it. That's beautiful. I love that. And and it kind of adds something to the to the idea that like I didn't necessarily like because I think if this vein, if this vein is manifesting as these like enigmas and riddles and it's probably doing that to ensure that the that the the spring at the bottom is protected and if i snuck by that that probably that probably stings me as much as it did the vein like as much as it did that spirit exactly yeah oh that's great very cool that's really good okay well um we're gonna go a little bit into uh into yana's uh backstory do you do you want to tell people a little bit about um her her background yeah uh, she is from the nation of Fender. Uh, Fender is the political capital of the continent of Tyr. It is a uh, progressive. It is a place where people are generally easygoing and friendly. You know, you're more likely to disarm a conflict with a smile than with a than with a fist. And I think Yana is uh, 
kind of directly in line with that. She grew up, she grew up on a small farm, you know, small, small town girl. Uh, always, always quick to, quick to make friends, but never, never, never really excelled at any one thing. She just kind of was a face in the crowd for a lot of her life. And that part of that was because she kept getting bored. You know, she would, she would try out for something. She would try something. She would take up a hobby, get bored and move on. And she would make friends. She would get bored and they would start to grow apart. And so when, so when she finally, when she got old enough and particularly when, uh, her Nana like got older and they started to bond over the fact that she was once a seeker, everything kind of clicked and she was like, oh, I could do that. Well, I could do that and see the whole world. And her parents didn't hate the idea, but they kind of see it as a little pointless. You know, she should be working. She should be helping out the family. And so she up and left. Not necessarily on bad terms. I think she's always said she'd be back. But it was that first day that she left that Leia found her. Oh. Oh, that's awesome. So that's the moment she went through her bonding with her dog mm-hmm. kid familiar. It was that night when she was alone for really the first time. Because like, she was from a community where everybody kind of knew each other. And she was part of a family that was very close-knit. And here she was alone for the first time. Like... Leia just kind of turned up, not really sure. I've, I've never known from where, and I've never really bothered to ask, because she was there when I needed her, and that was good enough for me. Awesome. Okay. Well, I think um, we will we'll start playing now. <laughs> All right. Um, you, uh, you are in Fender still. Um, mm-hmm. You know, after, uh, after this encounter with uh, the Vain Troll, and uh, after adventuring around and kind of getting out there and seeing what the world has to offer, maybe, um, you know, I, I think that Yana's probably slowly maybe making her way home for the first time mm-hmm. from the north towards the south. You said you, uh, you know, you, you grew up in kind of a farming community and uh-huh. all the farming communities in Fender are to the south um, where there's just tons of arable land and there's farm after farm um, across these kind of rolling hills um, with all these small, tight knit communities, um, and you're actually in Fender, I would say visiting your uncle, and your uncle is a little bit. Well, I mean, besides for yourself, he's a little bit of the black sheep of the family. You know, he's the he was the one who like moved to the big city, and decided that you know he wasn't going to take over the family farm, or mm-hmm. you know settle down. And he, he just loves it. You know, he works uh, he works in politics in a big uh, a big city called Neestead. And uh, he's just there making deals and, you know, supporting his candidate. And it, it's, it's the best thing ever. And so he uh, he heard, you know, you were th- coming through the way. He also, you know, probably maybe read one of these seeker blogs. You know, there's like fandom mm-hmm. blogs and stuff. And, he, he, you know, he saw your name. And he kind of looked you up and is like, hey, you know, you know, come see, come see your uncle. Come see your uncle. Oh, and I, I, I leapt at the opportunity, partially, you know, partially to see him because, like, I, I like, I like my uncle. We, we get along because we both kind of got bored. 
but also because like it's a big city like i never get to see big cities it's kind of the thing about being an adventurer is it's always distant locales and never just like a city and so it's exciting to see something new and uh you uh you arrive in Neistead and it's very similar um i would say to to chicago if if okay if you know what Chicago looks like. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a big, big city on uh, next to a lake. And uh, basically it has wide avenues and it's bus- a bustling sky rail system. And, you know, you kind of see cars zooming everywhere, but there's also pedestrians walking about. And right next to this very large lake, there's a really beautiful nature area that they have a park where people kind of run about and relax and hang out with their familiars Mm -hmm. but everyone in the city seems very busy all the time and probably the most startling thing to you is that the familiars here um, in Neistead are very similar to those of your home you know there's horses there's large Mm -hmm. kind of water dogs and stuff so like you are you and Leia are kind of as you're there jostled from side to side as you know someone walks by with their horse kin and mm-hmm. another one comes by with their with their labrador kin um all kind of very busy on their way to work and i think this is happening and i am laughing wide-eyed a little bit in astonishment i'm like this is like this city feels so cramped and yet the familiars are so large it just it it's a striking contrast that I can't help but laugh at. And I kind of Leia is flying, like is flapping her wings and flying uh, like around me in the way that excited dogs do. And I'm periodically like scratching her right behind the ears, right behind where her night vision goggles are resting on her forehead. And I'm scratching her periodically and being like, I don't get it either girl, but that's niece dead, I guess. <laughs> And, uh, you know, she she uh, she looks down at you just excited um, and, you know, and then distracted because there's another dog that goes by who's also like wagging his tail, looking, uh, mm-hmm. looking at Leia. And, uh, you know, in fact, it takes you it takes you some time to get to your uncle's office, mainly yeah. because Leia is often waylaid by another dog. And, you know, she she's fast and she can flit up and down and fly. But that just makes it all the more enticing for the other dog who wants to say hello to kind of mm-hmm. run after her. And I, I think there's probably, like, once or twice where, like, I am the one getting waylaid. Where I see a familiar and I'm like, whoa, what is, oh, wow. And Leia's kind of got to, like, tug at my pant leg and be like, all right, yeah, I got to, okay, okay, you're right, you're right. So she, she, uh, she, she focuses you and gets you, gets you down to business to go, uh, to go visit your uncle. Mm-hmm. So uh, you uh, you head to um, to your uncle's offices, and he's actually working for uh, a young um, a young politician. Well, youngish. He's he's in his early forties, mm-hmm. um, but he uh, and he's running for uh, for the governor's office of this uh, of this particular area. And uh, Rodkier, that's he, that's your uh, um, uncle. He uh, he's kind of the campaign manager for him. So when you uh, when you go into the offices again, it's it's a giant office because you know they've made space for all the familiars, but I mean it's packed, it's bustling. There's people running everywhere. As you and Leia mm-hmm. kind of open the door, 
a uh, a dogkin runs through the door and you see that like on his back he has like a little messenger tube mm-hmm. and he uh, he kind of like looks up really quickly at you guys and then like goes about his business through the door um and uh, you see your uh, you see your uncle at the back and uh, he uh, he has a he has a telephone leaning against his shoulder and he kind of motions you guys over with his hand like you know come here come here but uh, he he's talking really uh, really quickly on the phone and uh, you know he motions in front of him for you guys to sit down and i i kind of mosey over a little bit slower than the hustle and bustle of the rest of the office but eventually i kind of make you know cuz i'm really taking in the sights and just sort of like this is this is it this is new in its own way and eventually i kind of just like settle in i pull up the chair I lean back, I kick my feet out in front of me a little bit. I think Leia settled, like, Leia lands on my lap. And she's not a small dog, so I kind of, like, lean forward, like, ooh, okay, all right, good girl. <laughs> um, you say your uncle's, he, he finishes up his, uh, his call on the phone, he's like, no, 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 no. I can guarantee you, I can absolutely guarantee you, his son definitely did not say that. No, no, no. Like, you know what? Let, let, let's talk about it. We, okay. Um, I think I have, yeah, Tuesday free. Let's, uh, let's talk about it on Tuesday. We'll, we'll have lunch. And uh, with that, he, uh, he hangs up the phone. And he lets out a huge sigh. <sighs> Busy day in the office? You have no idea. And uh, with that, he uh, he kind of walks over behind his desk and holds out his arms to you to give you a, a big hug. And I, I, I sit up at first and Leia doesn't want to move. And then I have to like sit up very quickly and she kind of scrambles and then falls to the floor and stands up. And it's just, you know, just happy to be here. And I, I give him a big hug. Yeah, he gives you a big warm hug. And, you know, you, you see him when, when he sees you, he kind of relaxes his businessman, wheeler, dealer type attitude mm-hmm. and just goes into uncle mode. Um, you know, you think he's like five seconds away from cracking a dad joke and then decides against it because his colleagues are around him. Um, and, um, you know, you see his uh, his cat kin. That's his familiar um, unlike, you know, almost your entire family who um, have very, what would stereotypically be considered, like, loyal animals, mm-hmm. you know, like you you have, uh, you know, the, there's dogs in the family, there's horses, you know, there's a couple of rabbits and things like that. He has a cat. Um, and it's a scraggly old cat, um, which seems to only age more and more when you see it. And normally familiars kind of stay in a almost a young adult kind of mm-hmm. um, health, basically, because familiars, no matter what familiar you have, live as long as your um, your seeker lives. Mm-hmm. But his cat just seems to get older and grumpier um, the longer he's with your uncle. Aww. And so he kind of, like, you know, looks down at Leia. He, You know, his, his little tail is kind of flapping against the desk. He looks with... With kind of dismay and disinterest at you, and then flaps his head back down like, oh god, I'm too old for this. Mm-hmm. Classic cat. Classic catkin. <laughs> yeah, classic catkin, and, you know, for all the exuberance and warmth your, um, your uncle has, the catkin is rather droll and, mm-hmm. uh, and serious. 
But uh, yeah, your uncle, uh, yeah, he, he, he looks at you and he says, Yana, how are you doing? I, uh, I heard you left home. I read the blog about you. Uh, give me an update. You're a seeker now? Uh, I prefer, yeah, I guess you could call it that. I prefer adventurer, but, uh, you know, I, yeah, I'm a seeker now. I, uh, it, and it, I am, I am great, Uncle Ro here. I am great. I am better than I have ever been. Well, uh, I guess you weren't uh, made for the farm then, just like me. No, I guess not. I just... Uh, I'm... I can't even... I don't even know where to start. I've, I've, I've seen so much. And... It really just feels like where I'm, I was meant to be. Then uh, why aren't you halfway across Tyr now? I mean, why are you still in Fender? That's a really good question. I... I guess because I promised to go home, and I never wanted to stray too far. Oh. You, uh... <laughs> well, you know, that's good, because I have gotten an interesting call from my brother when I mentioned that my favorite niece was coming to visit me, wondering if perhaps she was going to come home at one point. Uh, I'm on my way. I'm taking the scenic route, but I'm on my way home. <laughs> okay, listen, I'm I'm not the one to tell you to go home. I mean, look at me here. So uh, I won't uh, I won't put any pressure on you, but I'm happy to see you. I'm happy to see you too, and I'm happy to see this city. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you haven't uh, you haven't been to it. This isn't even the biggest uh, the biggest one. You, uh, you have to go to uh, to one of the cities in Midden. Then you'll really be impressed. Or, oh my god, or travel uh, to Amerland. You know, uh, those Amorees with their skyscrapers and all the flying birds. I mean, it's not my thing, but if you want to see a big building and a big city. <laughs> I, it's on, I consider it on my list. But before you go, um, I must admit, Though I do want to see you, and I do love you as only an uncle could. Of course. And and you know you you are able to crash on my couch for free. Um, What's the job? <laughs> well, now that you mention it, um, <laughs> I've uh, I've been having some trouble here, and I'm sure it's nothing. But it's something that I wouldn't trust to just anybody. And since you're a seeker now anyway, or adventurer, free spirit, explorer. Oh, free spirit. I like that. I'm going to keep that in mind. I was hoping you could look into it for me. Basically, you know, uh, you know, Joe, Joel Dolman. He's uh, he's the one running for governor. I'm running his campaign. He's a great guy. He's super progressive. He's the person we want in office. Um. And he also has a son, and his mm -hmm. son, his sounder, is a really sweet kid, but doesn't make the best decisions. Um, and from what I understand, sounder got his hands on a trophy. Okay. Um, I don't know what this trophy does exactly. You know, he, he kind of lowers his voice as he's talking to you. But then again, you think like anyone, 
it's impossible to eavesdrop in this space because it's so loud, but he kind of leans over, leans over the table to talk to you. Um, He says, uh, and Saunders been acting a bit strange. And I don't know what exactly this is. Um, I don't know what the trophy is, but honestly, I need someone to kind of speak to the kid and, you know, I thought since you're a young person and you're a seeker and, you know, you've dealt, dealt with trophies before or, well, you know, mom's trophies, the, that one you have. Sure, sure. Maybe you could just get to the bottom of this. I mean, what I'm mostly worried about is I don't want some type of political scandal. Sure. No, I understand. And that's makes sense to make sense to count on somebody that you're not paying. Though that's not to imply that that's not to imply that I don't appreciate your courtesy, but I understand that there are certain things that you can't turn to staff members for, and I am happy to take this take on this job for you. And uh, if I crash on your couch for a few days, so be it. Yes, and I mean, and you know, I I am your uncle, so like you know, if if I take my favorite niece on a shopping spree in the heart of Neestead after this is all done with. I mean, that, that technically isn't pay, right? That's a, that's a family outing at that point. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I, th- I think we, uh, I think we see eye to eye here. And she throws, she throws him like a little, she throws him a wink that is not as subtle as she thinks it is. <laughs> Leia kind of like, like doesn't growl, but you hear like a, hmm. <laughs> kind of bats the, kind of bats the night vision goggles over her eyes and lays down for a second. Exactly. She's like, oh God. <laughs> um, all right. So where does Yana want to start investigating? Basically your, uh, your uncle kind of gives you his business card in terms of like, if you want to talk to anyone from the campaign, as long as you're subtle, they kind of know that you're, you're his niece. Um, and he also gives you the address of, um, of Joel, like his home and, uh, and like where his son lives. How do you want to, how do you want to start investigating this? Do you just want to go directly to the kid or? Probably the easiest option is go straight to the source, talk to the kid, see what he got up to, and then see if I can connect the dots back from there. Okay. So you and Leia... Um, you head out um, to basically lakefront property. These people obviously have quite some money um, because they live at one of the uh, the top flats outlooking the lake. Um, and basically, uh, Mr. Domom, the father, the, uh, the, mm-hmm. the guy running for governor, he's not there at that point. Um, you think he's probably out working. Sure. But when you, uh, when you basically take the elevator up, um, you, you show the card to the doorman and the doorman lets you in. I um, mean, you take the elevator up to, uh, to the final floor. Um, you hear loud metal music, like blasting from the front door as if like someone is playing music way too loud inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stop myself from, uh, like head banging for a second as the elevator doors kind of open I, I i regain my composure just a little bit like and then i kind of like tweak my ear a little bit to be like it is a little loud <laughs> and i'm gonna head towards the music because i suspect that is where the his son is thrashing out okay 
Um, you, uh, you know, it, t- it takes you a couple of rings to the doorbell, but uh, basically a housekeeper opens and, you know, she lets you in. And indeed, you, you follow the music to its epicenter of metalness. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and indeed, you, uh, you see a kind of half a jar door um, and there's a, a kid sitting there. You know, he's dressed, uh, he's dressed in all black. Um, you see posters kind of plastered all over his wall. Um, and he's, uh, he's messing with something on his MD. So his mobile device, this is a device that almost every person in Terra has, and it's mm-hmm. kind of takes the place of a cell phone and, um, you know, it has games on it. It can even be an e-reader. Um, it's just slightly mm-hmm. more technologically advanced than what we have now. And, uh, you see him messing with some type of game on his MD and he totally is completely oblivious to your presence. And I, uh, I take out my, uh, Nana's necklace, and I start, like, consciously toying with it in sight, but not, like, not too aggressively, just kind of, like, moving it around in my hand, just so that it's out. And then I kind of, uh, I knock on the door, and I try to get his attention, and I kind of slouch a little bit, and, like, my natural smile that seems always on my face, I kind of... I try to wipe it away, and it's still there a little bit. You can still see a little bit of a grin at the edge, but I'm trying to affect the most disaffected teen pose I can. Um, why don't you, uh, why don't you make me a charm check? I will do just that. Uh, my charm is eight, so I'm going to draw a card. And if it's higher than eight, I have failed. If it's lower than eight, I succeed. Yeah, lower than or equal to. Lower than or equal to eight, I have succeeded. I got a four. Cool. So you basically, uh, you you know, you uh, you kind of clear your throat and then you you take your disenfranchised youth pose um, in the doorway, and uh, you know you see uh, you see a ratkin familiar crawl uh, crawl on the boy's arm, and basically they seem to be kind of like cheating on one of these MD games because basically the boys uh, the boys playing and his rat is as well. So it seems to be some type of like, you know, memory thing where you have to press buttons and they're working together to get a higher score. Good. But, you know, the moment you kind of make your your presence known, um, he uh, they both startle for a second. Um, and then uh, the, the boy, uh, the boy kind of looks, uh, looks around center, looks around and he uh, he quickly uh, presses a couple buttons on his MD and, and the music shuts off. And he says, uh, uh, can I help you? Yeah, I'm, uh, my name is Yana. I am, um, you know, Ro here, the campaign manager for your dad. I'm his niece. I'm here visiting, and they said to come hang out with you. I guess sort of, uh, better to know where all the kids are at once type situation. Oh, oh, uh, you know, uh, you know, you, you did quite well in your charm check. So he, uh, you know, he kind of relaxes the way you, you know, you explain it to him. Like, it, it makes sense. And also, like, you know, you, you seem, you seem cool. You seem like you can hang. Mm-hmm. Doesn't hurt that you're also a cute girl. Um, yeah. And uh, he says, uh, oh, uh, okay, uh, uh, sh- sure, come on in. And he, uh, he kind of pushes some clothing off a chair for you. <laughs> classic classic teen bedroom yes exactly i mean i think everyone has like it's kind of like a Jungian archetype of a teen bedroom in the back of their mind and that is basically this kid's bedroom (laughs) yep a hundred percent and 
I can picture it as though it were my own because at one point it was my own. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so he pushes the clothes off and, you know, he, he kind of kicks aside a, an empty space on the floor also for Leia so she can kind of sit down not on his clothing or school books. Um, and he says, uh, so, yeah, your accent's a bit strange. Are you are you from the South? Yeah, I, um, yeah, I grew up in the South. I've been kind of backpacking around a little bit. Um, can you keep a secret? Yeah, yeah, of course. I've been, I've become a little bit of a seeker. What? Really? And this is when I start flicking the, uh, the necklace in my hand. I'm like, yeah, it's been pretty great. Uh, Yana the Wizened, they call me. It's pretty cool. Whoa, you have a title also? Title and a trophy. And I dangle the necklace in front of him. Oh, and, and basically he, he seems really impressed by uh, your title. But the moment you kind of show him a trophy, um, he, he kind of flinches for a second. And, you know, you see him kind of leaning back as you, you, you dangle it in front of him. He's like, yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's cool. That's cool. Is there a problem? Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm fine. I'm cool. And he, he kind of tries to take the same pose that you had in the doorway of, like, mm-hmm. kind of nonchalantly caring about nothing. <laughs> and I, I stash the necklace in my pocket and lean forward like, hey, it's like, it's cool. You can talk to me. I'm not like, I'm cool. I'm cool, too. And we can, like, chat. Like, if, 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 is, is, is something wrong? Um, why don't you make me another charm check, actually? All right. That is a seven. That is another success. OK, so he, uh. He kind of, like, you know, he loosens up a bit more once you put the charm away. Um, and, you know, you kind of tell him that you can relate to him. And he says, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I know this is a bit stupid, but, like, I'm a big fan of Seekers. Um, but, like, you know, you need to be careful, Yana, because, um, you know, trophies are really dangerous. Like, really, really dangerous. And, and like, I mean, I totally believe that you you are going to become epic and awesome and, like, I'm going to read about you uh, and stuff like that. But, like, you should really be careful. Like, trophies can mess you up. Sounds like you're speaking from experience, buddy. Uh, yeah. Okay. Can you promise not to tell anyone this? Like, not even my dad? You've got got my word. Okay, because, like, your uncle and my dad work on the campaign together and they're both super stressed all the time. So like, I don't think they can deal. No, I get it. I get it. Look, look, there is a reason I left home and that is because no one can deal. So trust me, I can deal. It's like, okay, well, so, you know, I, uh, I actually, I actually bought a trophy online. Um, you know, uh, do you, do you know Kryn Faso from the vast war? And he uh, he basically says, uh, you know, she's a well, she was a really famous seeker. Like, she was super awesome. Like, she was one of the last Wrath and Seekers left. And you know, like, I have her biography. Like, he, he moves and like he he throws some books aside and he, he kind of pulls out this biography, this very old, like almost you know, uh, the cover is very like eighties. So there's like these mm-hmm. big blocks of color. Like, you can tell this thing is retro, basically. Like, yeah. where what. Um, you know, you're thinking to yourself, what secondhand store did he, he, he pull this out of? Um, he's like, yeah, but you know, they, uh, her family was, uh, auctioning off a bunch of, uh, a bunch of her stuff. And well, 
I thought like it would be really cool to have something from the Seeker. I mean, she's awesome, you know. Yeah, I I, I get it. I mean, uh, and her hand absentmindedly goes back to her pocket when she says like, knowing that you've got something from a great Seeker is like such a cool feeling. Like, it feels like you're there with them, right? Well, I thought it would be. But, like, I got this thing called the Restless Arm. And I think they call it Restless because, like, it doesn't let you sleep. Like, I I had nightmares really bad. And I, I don't mean, like, I'm not a wuss, you know? But, like, I had the worst dreams of my life. Like, I was... I was right there with Kryn, like, in the vast war, fighting, and her familiar, and, oh man, oh man. And he uh, he kind of runs his fingers through his hair. Well, what, what happened? What happened to the, what did you, what did you do with the restless arm then? Oh. Well, like, don't worry about it. Like, can't hurt anybody ever again. Why, why not? Well, like... So it gave me really terrible nightmares. Like, you don't even know. He's like, I, I mean, I've never been in war. Like, you've never been in war, I guess. Like, I mean, nothing. I mean, we're, we're pretty lucky how it is now. It just, just made me realize, you know, take stock of my life. And you kind of hear him talking around, you know, for like a couple minutes. He kind of talks around your question. Mm-hmm. Finally gets to it. He's like, but, but what I mainly want you to know is like, you don't have to worry about it because... I, I threw it away. You threw it away? Well, at first I thought I was going to put it... So, I had a thought process, right? I was like, I don't want this to hurt anybody. So I couldn't put it down the garbage chute here because, you know, I know the concierge. She takes out the trash and he's a really cool guy. So then I thought, where would this never hurt anyone ever again. So when I was walking to school the other day, I threw it in the sewer. All right, now that's pretty cool. That's pretty smart. You know, that's a that's that's real smart, but like don't you think somebody could still find it though? Like people go in the sewer sometimes and like stuff from the sewer washes up. Oh. Um Oh man. And he, uh, you know, he, he puts his, his head in his hands again, um, and he kind of starts rocking back and forth slowly. Hey, 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 listen. It's going to be okay. You know why? Why? Oh, no, you're not going to tell your uncle, are you? No, better. It's going to be okay, because you're friends with a great and a mighty seeker who's going to be totally epic and totally awesome someday. I'm going to get that trophy back. You are? And basically you yeah. see you see his rat his rat can kind of like peek out from from behind his hoodie, like hopeful. Yeah, I'm gonna get it back and then uh we'll figure out what to do with it from there. But like it sounds like a bad scene and I think you were right to get rid of it, but we just gotta figure out I wanna figure out what it does and how to best get rid of it in the responsible way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that sounds like a good idea. Like, you know, you, you're you a professional. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I am a professional. And I kind of, like, give it side-to-side -side glances, and Leia just kind of, like, turns around. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right. So, Yana the Professional, how exactly are you going to go about retrieving this trophy from the sewer? Um, well, guess I got to go back. Guess I got to guess I got to get into sewer diving, I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, he basically shows you um where he dumped it. And uh basically uh it's uh it's a long so there's kind of a river walk which leads out to the lake. Um and he takes that walk um basically from his uh his family's apartment into the city to go to school. Um and basically along the river walk there's uh kind of all these built-in grates which kind of lead into the sewer. And um he uh, he takes you there and he he shows you um basically where he kind of pulled up the grate. Um, and threw in, uh, threw in the trophy. And, uh, he says, uh, yeah, like, maybe it's just right down there. And, like, we don't have to do anything. That's what I'm hoping. He says, uh, cool, cool. Uh, uh, do you, do you need me anymore? Like, I, I can always, like, stay out here. Yeah, it's probably, that's probably best. It's probably best if I head in solo. I like to work alone. No offense. I mean, you'll still get the credit. Like, feel free to tell everybody that we did this together, but you're going to play an important role and you're going to stay lookout. Oh, he's like, that's cool. Cool. Because Joe, and he, he, he looks at his rat can, he's like, Joe doesn't like to get dirty anyway. Sure. I, I, I totally get it. Well, Joe, tr- Joe, you're going to stay out here. You're going to take care of the both of you. You're going to take care of both of you. And we're going to go in and find that, uh, find that trophy. How does Leia feel about going into a cramped, gross sewer? Uh, she has not gone near the ground and has kept, like, a safe distance from me. And I kind of have to, like, I take the first few steps into the sewer and I turn around and she's still outside. And I'm like, Leia, 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 get over. Leia. And I, I reach into my pocket and I pull out uh, maybe a dog treat or a piece of jerky or something. And I'm like, eh? Eh? And she doesn't go. It, it takes a frustratingly long time for her to, to go for the treat. <laughs> like, like, in one point, she can't resist it. But, like, she wants to resist. Yeah. She's like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, she's like, I'm going to go for the treat, but I'm not going to be happy about it. Um. All right. So you guys, I think you probably need to find an entrance where you can actually get down into the sewers because this grate just isn't large enough for you to squeeze through, um, and for Leia either. At least in a mm-hmm. in a inconspicuous manner. I mean, also because Leia's wings are so large, it would just right. be very difficult. Um. Do you want to make me an awareness check to see kind of where where you could get in and look around? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to pull. I got an 8. My awareness is a 7, so that is not a pass. Now, can I make an awareness for Leia? Yeah, for sure. All right. Leia gets a 10. Her awareness is a 10, so Leia finds something useful. Okay. And I would say, you know, that's that's also just a success, but I would totally attribute that to the fact that, like, Leia probably knows where an entrance is, but it takes, like, she takes her good time finding one. To, to kind of, like, assist you because she doesn't want to go into the sewer. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely, like, Leia found it Leia found it real quick, and I have just been, like, trying to climb into these tiny grates and getting a little bit stuck and being like, 
<sighs> I don't know what we're going to do. And then finally Leia, like, kicks up a manhole somewhere. <laughs> exactly. All right. So you guys, uh, you guys lower yourselves down. Um, Leia kind of floats down, I guess, with her wings. You know, she kind of creates a thing that she can kind of go down. Um, and you climb down, uh, you climb down the manhole cover. And uh, you kind of trace your way back to where this um, this trophy would have dropped. You know, you you see uh, you see above you. You actually see the the edges of uh, of Sander's shoes. Um, and you mm-hmm. see his uh, you see his radkin like very curiously, kind of. You see a little sniffing nose. Mm-hmm. But looking around you, you don't see anything, and it's actually rather quite rather dark. In uh, in the sewers. Well, uh, luckily for me, uh, Leia has a pair of night vision goggles. That I kind of slide down over her eyes. I fasten the chin. I make sure it's not too tight. Because, you know, I want her to be able to bark if there's danger. Or if she's hungry or anything. Because I'm going to give her a steady, a steady flow of treats until this job is done. <laughs> I think I've just got, like, a pocket on my jacket that is just full of little, like, kibble pellets that I periodically just have to take one out of and be like, here you go. Okay. Hey, you just got, you just got one. You don't need another one already. And she, you know, she just so daintily takes them, too, like, just barely Mm -hmm. touching your hand. Um... And, uh, yeah, the, you, uh, you flip down the little goggles and her, uh, you know, Leia's sight adjusts so she can see well here. So she, you guys won't get any, uh, you won't get any negatives on your check, basically, as long mm-hmm. as Leia's making the awareness checks to look around. Um, and she does notice there is a water flow here in the sewers. Um, and it, uh, it's leaning down towards, uh, towards the lake. Um, not that, like, not that all the sewers dumping out into the lake or something, but that's uh, that's where the water heads. Sure. Um, and you guys are a couple of kilometers away from um, from the lake at this point. Uh, if we don't see the the trophy around, I guess the only pl- the only place to go is down. I mean, follow the water flow, and eventually we have to find either a stoppage or something that would have caught the trophy. So if you, theoretically, if we just follow this water flow. We find the trophy, provided it hasn't been taken. Yeah, well, you follow the water flow, um, and as you're walking down, um, and I think, I guess Leia's flying as much as you mm-hmm. can. These are, um, because service workers have to come down and, like, into the sewers, and because Fendarian familiars are rather large, these are large sewers that you can walk through, um, and so Leia can also fly. I mean, she can't maneuver, you know, but flying in a straight line is no problem. Right. As you walk down, you feel the air getting colder around you. Not just the fact that you're heading towards a large body of water, but it almost just feels uncomfortably cold. Um, You know, as if there's something more to this chill. Some unseen presence that you don't necessarily or you can't necessarily explain and as you feel this like kind of wave coming over your body of this unnatural chill, you also feel um, around your neck your uh, your grandmother's uh, your grandmother's pendant. It's uh, it feels icy almost. Hmm. 
I kind of put one hand on it, and I just whisper, Nana, it would be really helpful if you had told me what this does before I wore it, but if you've got, if the, if it's got anything to do with what's happening right now, it would be really great to feel it. And uh, almost as if, you know, your, um, you know, your wish, your wanting is kind of put into, um, into this, uh, this trophy. And also, I think, very much speaking to uh, your, the t- your title and the person you are and just wanting to know more. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel it getting colder in your hand um, as you take a couple of steps and uh, almost on cue, when you feel like, you know, the the trophy is trying to tell you something, you hear off in the distance, you hear groans. And uh, I think the second I start to hear groans, I kind of, I don't think I push past Leia, because I don't think I really can comfortably, but I kind of like tap her on the haunches and I'm like, go, 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 that's that way. And I start kind of like shuffling us towards the, the groaning. Still, still clutching, still clutching the necklace with one hand. And as you get closer to the groaning, um, the necklace gets colder and colder, as if it's sensing something. Um, and uh, you guys basically come to a large, or you come to the edge. And I, I won't t- say that you go in yet, um, mm-hmm. but uh, you come to the edge of a large chamber. And uh, you hear uh, you hear kind of ruckus. You actually hear kids' voices, um, and uh, they seem to be afraid. And you hear this groaning. And uh, what Leia sees um, is that there's a group of kids um, in one of these big outlets for all uh, all the sewage systems, which is kind of right now they uh, the different pipes aren't active. And the kids are on this ledge, and they're they're kind of standing in front of something. You can't see what it is. Um, kids seem to be f- around the ages of like you know fourteen to sixteen, mm-hmm. um, and they are terrified. But you can't see what they're terrified of, but you kind of get a feeling. Um, so, and basically mm-hmm. this is the sense from, uh, from this trophy, you kind of get a feeling of generally the cold spots in the room, um, where something must be. Uh, I am going to, without hesitation, um, run into the room and try to run towards where I sense that cold spot to be, you know, uh. Nana's telling me something, so I should probably check it out. Okay, so you're going to go right for it. Yeah. All right. No hesitation. No hesitation whatsoever. So it's still dark. Um, so basically what I want, I'm going to actually call for an agility check to like make sure that okay. you get right there. Um, but I would say it's up difficulty unless Leia is going to assist you in some way. Um, is there anything that Leia does to help you out? Um... I think I'm going to say yes. I think Leia kind of lands on my on my back, paws on my like falls on my shoulders and is kind of like I think that we have a a trick that we've we've worked on a little bit. 
where when it's navigating in the dark, she has her goggles on and she kind of like nuzzles the sides of my head as though to be like, hey, go this way, go that way. And like a series of nonverbal cues to like basically illustrate like stop here, go left, go right. And it's kind of like guiding me along that way while riding me like Luke and Yoda. Yeah, I was to say, or like Master Blaster. Yes, absolutely a Master Blaster situation. Awesome. Okay, um, in that case, please make me an agility check. Okay, I got a four, which is a success. Yeah, because basically Leia has this trait, which is night vision goggles, so she can see in the dark, you can communicate with her. So she doesn't Mm -hmm. need to make a check to help you. It's one of her traits, which she can do. Um, And you succeed very well. So you just beeline it for this cold Mm -hmm. spot. No hesitation whatsoever. And as you're you're running, um, and these are kind of passing thoughts because you you aren't hesitating. You're just jumping right in. Um, You know, you see these kids and they each seem to be kind of terrified but in their own way as if they're there's three of them and they seem to be living in their own little uh, their own little nightmare almost and you jump for one of these three corresponding cold spots and Mm. you jump into it and for a moment you're you're just freezing and confused you know, you, all all of your ability to kind of see, hear, speak um, is gone. And all you have is that feeling of just frigid cold and sadness. And when you finally come to from that, you, uh, you realize that you... You're in, you're not in the sewers anymore. And uh, where you are, basically, is that you, you look around and you realize that you're on a battlefield. And this is something that you've, you've never experienced before. Um, and it's, it's just heart-wrenching. You know, you see familiars fighting familiars off in the distance you hear the sounds of bombs going off and it's just absolute chaos around you. But right below you, what you see is that there is actually a woman there and she is wounded and she is dying. And one of the kids that you saw in the, uh, one of the kids that you saw in the sewer is there and uh, she's crying over the woman. And I, keeping my head down, sort of pulling my jacket, like pulling the collar of my jacket up to guard my face a little bit, I kind of like half crawl, half run over to the to the girl and the dying woman, and I put a hand on her shoulder and I just say, what can I do to help? All right. The uh, the girl is, uh, she's she's not catatonic, but it almost seems as if she's in her own world. Like she's kind of living with this woman frozen in time. And even though you're being comforting, she doesn't, it doesn't seem like you're breaking through to her. And I 
I sit back and I try to think, how can I get through to her? And I call Leia over. All right. Leia, Leia bounded after you and um, she, you know, she is your loyal familiar. So mm-hmm. if you dive into this cold space, she will dive in with you, basically. Mm-hmm. So uh, she uh, she comes over to you, though. Um, yeah, she she seems very confused about what she's seeing around her. <sighs> this is this is not good, girl. This is a this is a tough scene. She doesn't seem to be responding. I'm gonna try. I want to try something though. Leia, could you uh, could you curl up with that woman? Maybe around the arm. I have a feeling with this. Uh, if what we found was the restless arm, and it was linked to this woman and her war experiences, I have a feeling that it might be toxic in some way that it might be cursed and and spreading that pain of what she experienced throughout and i know you're pretty good at dealing with toxic things okay so you you actually want to activate one of her traits which is her making a charm check to see if she can kind of purify an item yes okay um yeah so leia goes up and she she curls around this woman woman's arms and as she does so you kind of see this um scene almost replaying itself you know it almost seems as if it's like kind of this endless thing that continues and continues and never stops um and make me a charm check that is a two her charm is a nine that is a big success very good success so leia um Leia curls up around uh, around this uh, wounded soldier's arm, and uh, she uh, she uses her powers to purify this area. What does that look like? Does it look like anything? Uh, I think what it looks like is um, we're in this loop and things are playing, and it almost looks like. Um, like if you've ever seen a film, like a film roll that is breaking, there's that moment where it loops and it loops and it loops and it starts looping faster and faster. And then all around us, the re- like the reel starts to burn up and like smoke, like holes start like just burning into the battlefield all around us. And that that frigid feeling is replaced with an uncomfortable warmth as I feel it in my as I feel it in the necklace of like it almost becomes burning hot right and everything starts to like cinder away cool okay so that that happens basically and uh, and as it does um you see a moment of rest just as, you know, just as the last bits, you know, the last thing to burn away really is this woman. Um, you know, the first thing you kind of, you realize that the, the one of the kids over the woman has disappeared. But the last mm-hmm. thing that seems to burn away is this woman. Um, and for a moment, you don't see happiness on her face. Mm-hmm. 
but you see a look at peace, a look of peace that she's been recognized, that someone has experienced what she experienced in a very real way, and they saw her, and they were with her. And I kneel down on one knee as she's fading away, and I just say, you had quite a life. You were extraordinary. I know what you went through. And I won't forget it. And uh, and with that, the uh, the woman uh, the woman fades away, and the last bit of the uh, uh, the last bit of the film kind of flickers off into uh, into a flash of light, and uh, you realize that you're in the sewer again. And I kind of sit back, and I laugh a little bit, and I pet Leia extra hard. I give her extra hard scratches behind the ears. And I just give her, like, a handful of kibble pellets. Way more than you probably should for just, like, a snack. But I'm just like, here you go, girl. You did good. She, she you know, she happily munches down on them, I'm, uh, I'm assuming. Um, and the kids, like, the kids kind of snap out of it. Um, and they, you know, they all are, like, you know, it's a mix of, like, what happened? Like, hugging each other. Like, laughing. Saying hello to you. Um, you know, just like 15 minutes of really intense teenage right. emotional babble. And I just kind of sit back and let it happen because I'm just like, yeah, I was there once. <laughs> Albeit like probably two years ago or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm in no way like old enough to have that kind of like, yeah, once upon a time, but. <laughs> um. And uh, once once all that's kind of over and, and you kind of regain your composure, you notice the trophy. So basically you see the trophy. Um, the kids were standing uh, in front of it. And indeed, it is a desiccated arm. It's kind of creepy. Um, but it's definitely like, I mean, that smacks. That's that's something your Nana would have in her house in, in a very yep. weird way. Yep. And I... Um... I reach for it. I grab it. If, assuming none of the teen, the kids try to stop me from taking it. No, like, you know, you guys did go through that kind of babble of, like, kind of why you're there. Kind of uh-huh. like, oh, my God, thank God you're here type thing. Um, and they, they let you. They're like, let the professional do this. <laughs> and I take it and I kind of, like, pack it up in my, in, like, the messenger bag that I have. And I'm like, come on, let's get out of the sewer. This isn't a place to be hanging out. Cool. As you as you grab the trophy, um, you get the feeling that it has more stories to tell you, um, and that uh, stories that need to be told. But afterwards, mm-hmm. it may have some interesting effects. Cool, excellent. And I hold on to it, and I just like guide everyone back out of the sewer the way I came. Okay, cool. Yeah, they they uh, they follow you. Um, the, the cold spots are gone. And, uh, when you, uh, when you get back up there, um, you, uh, you see Sander waiting there with his, his, with his rat Joe, both of them kind of anxiously, like, you know, standing there. He, he's not, he doesn't hold his hands like a rat, but you know, he's like, he's anxiously uh-huh. petting his rat and his rat's kind of there, like, um, folding its hands in on itself, hoping that you guys are all right. And I, I go up and I go up to Sander and I'm like, we got it. It's taken care of. Don't worry about it. It's gone. We will dispose of it. You did good. Oh, 
Oh my goodness. Oh wow. You are like the coolest seeker I've ever met. I mean. Yeah, I know. You're the only seeker I've ever met. But I'm pretty sure if I met more seekers, you, you're like, oh man. Oh, thank you so much, Yana. Hey, don't mention it. All right. Well, here's what I need you to do. I gotta go. I gotta go take care. I gotta go properly dispose of this trophy. I need you to take these kids home. Oh, yeah, they... of course. Okay, cool. I'll meet you back at your place. I got, I got some, re- I got some metal recommendations that I think you're gonna dig. He's like, uh, he's like, sweet. And uh, he uh, he goes off with the kids, and uh, he's indeed true to his word. Like he uh, he takes them home, and then he goes home and waits for you. And I go straight to uh, Uncle Ro here, and I kind of like burst into the office, and I grab a chair, and I wait for him to like talk to like I wait for his attention because I assume he's still on a phone call. Oh yeah, he's he's on a phone call, and he's like also simultaneously like dictating something to mm-hmm. uh, to an intern, and the intern's like furiously writing down on a pad what your uncle's saying. Um, and but you know your uncle does like kind of cock an eyebrow at you of like she seems pleased with herself type look, um, and uh, he uh, you know he finishes things up and he's like uh, he says to his intern he's like go go write that up write write that up for me, and the intern says uh, yes yes sir I'll uh, I'll go do that right now and he uh, he runs off, and uh, your uncle kind of just looks at you with a wry smile. And I explain, all right, uh, scandal solved, trophy recovered, but, um, you gotta, but you gotta do something for me. You gotta take that kid out once in a while. He's bored, he's, he wants to be, he wants excitement, he reminds me of myself at that age, you know, he, he's looking up to seekers, he wants to, he wants to do something big, and that got him into trouble this time, so promise that you'll take care of this kid he's a good kid (sighs) all right i mean i guess we could involve him more in the campaign i mean it's just uh, you know what all right the the trophy's dealt with the trophy is dealt with and all right i don't i don't even want to know plausible deniability better better you don't and i kind of like offhandedly tap the messenger bag to say, like, better nobody knows whether the, how or whether this was disposed of. Yeah, so, like, like off-screen, like, this is probably something Yana doesn't notice, but, like, your uncle is slick enough to pretend he doesn't notice you yep. um, tapping your messenger bag, and he just, like, continues. Um, he's like, well, we'll, we'll do something with Sander. I'll, I'll talk to his dad about it. Excellent. Good, good to hear. <laughs> so... Uncle niece shopping trip? Um, you know what? Just dinner would be wonderful. I've had a long day. And he's, and he kind of like sniffs in your general direction. And he says, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's go back to my apartment. And, you know, you can settle down, put your bags down, take a shower. <laughs> And I think that's the moment that she considers the fact that she's been in the sewer all afternoon. <laughs> On the counter, she's like, she's used to this thing. And she goes, oh, right, city, yeah, shower, great, good. <laughs> and uh, I think that's a good place to end our session. I, I think that's game.
That was so good. I loved every minute of that. Oh, good. I am happy. So now basically you would you would get to define that trophy that you found. And obviously you found out that um, Yana's necklace can detect creatures from the Badlands. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. That's very cool. Liz, this was a blast. Thank you so much for coming on and running this game and for coming on the show. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really had a fun time. So uh, real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Um, you can look at our website. That's angryhamsterpublishing.com. We're also on Twitter at angryhamsterrpg, and we're also on Facebook, um, and that's at angryhamsterpublishing. Excellent. Well, this was a blast and a half. Thank you so much for coming on and running it. Uh, and I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Liz for coming on to the show. That game was, God, it was just, it was delightful. Be sure to head over to Kickstarter and back Familiars of Terra and help it come to life because it is a really beautiful and special game set in a really wonderful, vivid fantasy world, and I absolutely cannot endorse it enough. Also, be sure to head over to Twitter and follow all of Liz's work at Angry Hamster RPG. Then, while you're on Twitter, you can follow this show at Party of One Pod, then slide over to Facebook and like the show at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Then you can head over to the Party of One Discord at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord and talk about the show, role-playing games, professional wrestling, you know, all of the things people talk about. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout-out, or just a word-of-mouth recommendation to a friend. Any of those things help new listeners find the show, which helps us do bigger, better, and cooler things. You can also consider backing us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon backers get access to bonus materials, podcasts, and interviews. And Patreon dollars help pay for hosting fees, equipment costs, new games to be played on the show, and convention appearances. All the little things that help the show run along smoothly. If you'd like to hear more from me, consider checking out All My Fantasy Children, the character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by your listener prompts, hosted by me and my best friend Aaron Catano Saez. You can find that at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you're interested in coming onto the show, whether you're a podcaster, game designer, voice actor, professional wrestler, commentator, referee, newscaster, actor, writer, or you just love a good role-playing game, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.